Fetch your earbuds and stay tuned for some pure pet care conversation. Because it's a dog's life with pet and cannabis expert Angela Ardolino. Learn the best holistic practices from top pet industry professionals and listen in on why CBD might be a whole different animal for your best in show buddy. Here's your new best friend about pets, Angela Ardolino. Hey, everybody, it's Angela Ardolino with It's a Dog's Life. And I'm excited today about my guest because I finally get to have a one on one on one conversation with her. I only get to see her usually at an event and she's got a crowd around her every time. So I am excited to announce my guest today is Rita Hogan. She's a canine herbalist and I mean, an herbalist for dogs. Awesome. I am, I consider myself kind of like the cannabis herbalist for dogs. So hello. I feel like we have so much in common and so much we can talk about. Welcome, Rita. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Totally glad. I loved reading your story um, on your wonderful website. And it's so funny how you can really, like when you really, when someone goes, write your bio, tell me your story. And you really start thinking about, uh, okay, well, when did I first get interested in plants or animals? And you go all the way back and figure out it was when you were a kid, which is awesome. So both your father and was it also your grandmother were both herbalists themselves and used plant medicine. So that's kind of where you started as, as a kid. Oh, I wouldn't call them herbalists. Um, my mother's mother uh, raised 16 kids in the depression with just a midwife. So she, they never went to the doctor. She just would take a big basket into the forest and tell them she'll be back in a, you know, a couple of hours with their medicine. Awesome. So, and you know, I, I didn't know my grandmother that much just when she was really old. And, um, uh, my mother had me at a, at a late age, like, uh, like 40. So, um, uh, my grandmother was quite old at that time. And, mm-hmm. um, but, uh, my dad, um, was a farmer, but he was a farmer that knew plants. So, you know, he would just tell me, and I've said this before, you know, he would just say, Hey, you know, go in the left side of the field and there's a little purple plant that will, you know, flower with purple plant. It's got two leaves, you know, you can't miss it. You know, it's by the red ones. Grab that, grab a bunch of those and bring them over to me, you know. And then he worked on cows, pigs, and horses. He didn't, he didn't use uh, the herbs with the dogs. Uh, He just used it with uh, the cows, pigs, and horses, and chickens. Just because he didn't know better or think that it would work on them or? You know, our dogs didn't have any problems. My my dog, Susie, lived, uh, I mean, we've tried to figure out the age between 24 years and 27. What kind of dog? It was a uh, uh, collie mixed with a German Shepherd. So it was a, you know, she had a long little snout. She was cute. Um, and we fed her, uh, we didn't vaccinate her. She hardly, uh, she never went to the vet. Uh, she was never spayed. Um, and she literally ate our table scraps and this, like the raw milk and uh, meat scraps from our farm and um, table scraps. And my mom, you know, cooked whole foods. Right. So vegetables from the garden, we had a huge garden. But yeah, she lived, uh, they got her about um, four years before I was born. And she lived a good 
four or five years after I graduated from high school. Wow. So, so she was, a, she lived a long time. So you know better. So you know what works. And, you know, this is like, we, I feel people feel like we're going backwards, but we have to because um, we already knew what works. And now we've been scared to not feed our dogs people food and everyone's feeding kibble. And now we have all of these problems and all of these prescription medications. And I'm sure you're just like us where it's like, ah, yeah, this is what the is. problem is. This is why we're losing our dogs at nine and 10 years old. I lost my first uh, baby dog at seven years old and well, I did everything I, my vet told me. And that's what, what got me in the end is absolutely over vaccination, over medicating. And I learned my lesson. And that's what started my journey. I can't imagine already knowing what the issue is and being in this world. I mean, how do you, I mean, you just must go crazy. How many people contact you? Because I know we were a last resort. You know, I can't tell you how many people, uh, the uh, CBD oil doesn't even get to them before we're always the last resort. Yeah, no, I'm um, definitely the last, um, uh, not not all the time, but the majority of my clients are the last resort. But I, you know, I think the biggest problem that we face is, um, you know, uh, I don't know if you know anything about baseline theory, mm -mm. but um, baseline theory fascinates me. And it it's basically like if you use Susie as an example, and um, my late partner's dog lived, Yankee died at 23 so, um, and it was a little Jack Russell, little dog. Um, and, uh, and he was vaccinated, but he still lived until he was only vaccinated once. Right. But um, baseline theory uh, is fascinating because what's happening is when I was a kid, so I'm 49 years old. And so I was born in 1971. And when I was a kid, the baseline theory for dogs was middle twenties. Okay. They lived until their middle twenties. So when a dog died at like 20, people were like, oh, you know, he's, he's, you know, has a, had a good run. Now the baseline theory, the baseline has went so far back that now an eight year old medium weight dog is considered geriatric, right? which is insane. It is. Insane. I mean, that is insanity. And, but what happens with baseline theory is that the, 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 you know, us in the, in the United States, um, I can't speak for the rest of the world, but it, it is pretty much the same, in, but not in underdeveloped countries. Um, so dogs live a lot longer, which Isn't is insane, yep. but they still live a lot longer. Um, but um, in developed countries, people have just accepted it as fact. Like I, you know, I, I tell this story all the time, but it is the biggest one that I have in my brain um, I was on a beach in Long Beach, uh, Washington, and I'm terrible at guessing people's ages and I'm terrible at guessing dog age. So um, without, I mean, I realize that now, but I'm walking down the, the beach and these two little pugs are coming at me and I'm a pug person. So I was like, oh, puggies. Oh, and I, I said, I love old dogs, right? The dogs were six and seven and they looked like crap. I mean, I felt so bad for him. And here's my dog. He's 14. My little, I had my little pug Finbar with me at the time. He passed away when he was 17, but, um, my dog's 14. He's got very little gray. 
yep. and he's running down the beach and he's twice the age of the younger one. And I mean, they were like full of arthritis. They couldn't barely walk. And she was just looked at me like, you know, I was like, Oh, I just stuck my foot in my mouth. Like, Oh God. And, um, and, but it was just such a wake up call because she, we had a conversation and she was just like, well, I thought my dogs were geriatric and I thought that, you know, they were doing really good for their age. And I was like, no, like you should have this type of graying when they're like 16, 15 to 16 years old. And my dog Finbar was in perfect health until I brought him to a vet who pulled 15 teeth without calling me. Now, pub teeth are disgusting no matter what. And they're like Boston Terrier teeth. They're orbital and, you know, they're a mess. Yeah. And I just wanted to get the one that was the pretty much the most rotten out of his mouth and leave the rest. I know they were covered in plaque, but that wasn't the point. He was an old dog. Right. And so um, they gave him a shot of Cipro. And he had never had antibiotics his whole life. They gave him a shot of Cipro and within a year he was dead. And, you know, like I tell people, um, only give your dog, an old dog, what we would consider old. It's hard for me to even say old without right. choking. Um, only give a geriatric dog antibiotics if it's life-threatening, if they're going to die. Because it's all that they have to hold on to. Their gut is keeping them alive. Right. And he was perfect. He got the teeth removed. He got the shot of Cipro. And I was so upset that they hadn't called me and said, we're giving your dog antibiotics without telling me because I wouldn't have done it. Right. You know, I would have given him heart support herbs and, and I would have given him calendula and things like that, but I wouldn't have given him antibiotics. And, um, yeah, I, you know, and so it's, it's messed up, but it is. I think that there's a great movement. I think that we are really making strides. I think other vets are starting like allopathic vets are starting to take notice. I think that they are understanding that there is a, a problem just like there is in, in human medicine, you know, the pharmaceutical, there's a pharmaceutical dependence and problem. And there's also, of course, there's a, you know, people are so, um, they are so desperate to find an alternative way of healing for their dogs. But the issue a lot of times is the alternative way is a completely different form of medicine that they cannot learn overnight. And they're trying very, very desperately to figure things out and kind of kitchen sinking. So I think that education is the most important part. So um, thanks I for feel like, podcast. yeah, I feel like uh, I own, I have a rescue um, and I have a boarding grooming shop and I I'm always saying this, I would say about 80% of the dogs that come in have issues, whether they're young, old, um, it, it blows my mind. And, and same thing happens to me. I think I'm looking at a 10 year old dog and it's seven and it's covered in little tumors. Um, and it's a, it's a mess. And a lot of the dogs I get at the rescue are senior geriatric dogs, uh, 15, 14 years old. But the reason that they're being given up is because they have so many problems, so many issues, and I get rid of most of them with herbs and diet, which I know you have the same experience. And sometimes yeah. I just want to call them back and go, here, I fixed your old dog. This is all you have to give them and feed them. Here's your dog back. 
You know, yeah. the dog is back. It's it's running around. But I almost feel like that they give up. It's too expensive. They're peeing and pooing everywhere. They're miserable. They can tell that they're miserable and they just don't want to even deal with it anymore. I can't even, I can't fathom it. Like my latest rescue is a 15-year-old Shih Tzu that they bought as a puppy. Yeah, no, I can't. I, I did a rescue for years. That's how I got I got started in uh, canine herbalism and it's uh, unreal. They've had it since a puppy and they just, they're like, I can't deal with this anymore. Right. I, I, and I'm, I can't, <laughs> I don't know how they do it. No, but these are, these are people that I want to call back and go, well, no, you can do it. Um, and, and this is how you, and I did it here. I want to just say, here's your dog back. And this is all you have to do. I know you've been told another way. We're going to take a short break and we'll talk more about this when we come back. Okay, great. It's a dog's life. We'll be back once we take our sponsors out for a short walk. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Fetch your earbuds and stay tuned for some pure pet care conversation. Hi, it's Angela Ardolino with It's a Dog's Life, and I have Hernanda Umana joining me. We're just both so fascinated with how much we've learned since we've been in this pet industry and creating an all-natural product. Because it's a dog's life. I am a huge fan of my guest today, Dr. Bob Goldstein. I have, in my experience, not seen many natural substances produce the results that CBD is producing in the animals that we are testing on. It's a Dog's Life with Angela Ardolino, only on Cannabis Radio. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. (laughs) They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Stop barking up the wrong tree. We're back with more of It's a Dog's Life with Angela Ardolino, only on Cannabis Radio. All right, it's Angela Ardolino with It's a Dog's Life, and I'm here with Rita Hogan, who is a canine herbalist, and uh, we were talking about how we see so many dogs with issues, and dogs are supposed to live, you know, into their 20s, um, and then maybe have some issues, but, 
you know, the poor diets, the kibble diets, the over-vaccination, the over-prescribing of um, medicines uh, are is out of control. And people don't necessarily understand that the vets haven't been taught about these types mm -hmm. of alternative or natural mobilities unless they've actually gone out and learned themselves, which many have. And, you know, we have a bunch of favorites that we always mention all the time. Um, but for the most part, the majority of this country is over vaccinating and giving their dogs too many um, medications and toxic medications that their bodies can barely take. And you're losing your dog at nine and 10 years old. So Rita um, has been doing this for most of her life. What are some of the biggest, I'm sure I could guess that the biggest thing you get is about allergies uh, yeah, scratching, itching. Um, scratching I mean, there's lots itching. of scratching and itching. A lot of, uh, well, just the past couple of years, just a lot of mast cell tumor. Um, so many tumors. Which it's is uh, lipomas, a lot of lipomas, which um, I've I've got a lot of successful lipoma cases. I mean, not all of them can, can you can't get rid of, all, some of them you can't get rid of, um, it's tragic because it's so much easier to prevent a lipoma than it is to, to treat one. Um, it is. But mast cell tumor has been kind of crazy, of course, cancer. Um, but, uh, you know, usually I get them when people are at their wits end. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, lots of just gut issues, you know, lots of gut issues. And, but I don't, I don't treat disease. So I just, I work with the systems of the body. So I just, work at balancing out the body and then the rest of the stuff disappears. Right. So it's, it sounds like a lot of what we always say, there's a, a major imbalance in the body and it, we need to bring the body back to homeostasis, get the gut back in balance so that the dog has a chance of fighting the disease itself, that its immune system is supported so that it can be a healthy overall animal. Is that kind of the same thing that you suggest and practice in yes. your... Okay, great. And so when you're dealing, well, let's just say with a, a dog, let's say a 10-year-old dog who has uh, cancer, what are some of the first things that you ask them? Um, when I'm dealing with a dog that has like what? A, like a senior dog with cancer that's suffering from cancer. Uh, well, you know, uh, number one, diet. Um, and then, uh, well, actually not number one, that would be number two. Number one for me is energetics. Um, I teach energetics. I work by energetics. I'm trying to get energetics out in the mainstream. What is energetics so that we know? Um, energetics is um, how your dog deals with certain types of substances. So um, for instance, CBD, uh, cannabis sativa and cannabis indica. Um, uh, I'm sure uh, your uh, cannabis, uh, CBD is cannabis sativa. So like cannabis, Cannabis sativa is slightly warming, okay? Just slightly. So for dogs, like for dogs that are super hot, like hot, panting, can't regulate their temperature, and hot, hot is really a disease state, as so is cold. So there's a spectrum. And um, so like, for instance, I if I worked with a dog and I wanted to give them CBD, I would work at getting them from hot to either slightly hot or warm and then give them CBD because um, it's going to exacerbate their inflammation, even though it works against inflammation. 
But energetics is a way to guide you in what to use for the dog. Like turmeric is, I always use this example because it's so, um, it's so prevalent. Right. Like turmeric is a warming spice. It is warm. And dogs that are very warm and hot, if you give them turmeric, you're going to make their inflammation worse, even though it's an anti-inflammatory. It's not an anti-inflammatory for that dog. So dogs as an ecosystem, dogs as an individual. I know my colleague, Isla Fishburne, her and I both talk about dogs as ecosystems and have for years. Um, the spectrum of energetics starts in the middle at neutral. And there's very few neutral dogs out there right now. It is a state, it, it, you know, very few, few neutral. Most of them are slightly warm, warm, slightly hot, hot, very hot. Now, hot and very hot, we're, we're really edging towards disease. And then we go slightly cool, cool, slightly cold, cold, very cold. Cold and very cold are a disease state, and they usually produce um, things like hypothyroid, and they also produce um, uh, like false heat and different types of conditions of lethargy and deficiency. Where way when you got when you look at hot energetics, you're dealing with like real excitation, overabundance of energy going on, too much, too much. Dogs like bark in your face. They're very restless. Uh, where in cool energy, cold, cold deficiency, you get dogs that are like the dude dogs. Like, eh, you know, I really love you, but I'm not getting off the couch to come say hi. I'm just going <laughs> to lay here and sleep like most of the day. Right. And then the, and so um, I look at energetics. So you, and then there's the, there's a moisture component. So is the dog dry or is it moist? Is it damp? Or is it in between? And then you look at a uh, kind of a relaxation or tension. Um, most dogs, a lot of dogs are tense because most of their owners are tense. So we, when I look at a dog, I try to figure out, are they, where are they in that warm to cool spectrum? Where are they in the moisture spectrum? Are they dry or are they moist? Like for instance, like dandelion root, you know, oh, feed dandelion, feed dandelion. It's so awesome just keep feeding dandelion. Well, if you feed dandelion to a dry dog, they're going to get drier, much drier. In fact, a lot of herbs are drying. So um, you, you, and dandelion is for a, a dog that's warm. It's not for dogs that are cool. It works against them. Right. So um, that's why, you know, people, I think people are, are I, I love that they're trying herbs. I love that they're working with herbs. Because a lot of herbs are non-toxic. They'll just be like, well, that herb's not working. My, the condition's getting worse. And most of the time, and then herbs can get a bad name. They're like, well, they don't work. I tried them. Right. You know, uh, we were six weeks in and it didn't help. First of all, most herbs, you're not going to see much different between four and eight weeks, sometimes 12 weeks. And then they don't work like pharmaceuticals, but we're very conditioned to think pharmaceutically. Like this needs to work overnight. It's not going to work overnight. Right. And, um, also, too much dosage um, and the energetics are off. So, you know, like ginger is really good for a cool dog. It helps warm. Calendula is an excellent herb for dogs that are cool um, because it warms the core. And any dog that's cool, you want to keep them from getting false heat, things like false heat. You want to warm the core so that their body isn't spending most of its time trying to stay warm. So this um, sounds this sounds a lot like uh, cannabis medicine, where you know 
they want us to, the industry wants us to say, the dog weighs five pounds, give it this much. When we always are like, every dog is completely, completely different, different individual. Um, so I love that. So I love the energetics. So that we go from energetics and then we're going to go to diet, which of course we know there are hot proteins and cool proteins. So yep. the cool so the cool dogs, do they need the hot proteins or the cool proteins? Well, it depends on how warm they are. Like I have two pugs, or cool they are. I have two pugs. Um, they're both cool dogs. Um, uh, one of my pugs uh, has never been vaccinated. So awesome. I did natural rearing with him, uh, with her, and uh, we did uh, uh, herd immunity. So she's doing great. But she's very, she's cool, um, naturally cool, and but they're not cool enough for in the summer to eat things like venison and lamb. Those are only winter proteins for them. Um, but they're cool enough to eat, you know, turkey and chicken and things like that. Um, I found very few dogs are able to actually eat lamb um, without it being uh, too hot, except for in the really cold winter months. Those are my lamb and venison months. Um, and then, you know, there's neutral proteins and then there's warming proteins and things like that and, and cooling. Like pork is the coolest meat out there. I'm not a big pork fan, but um, uh, it is a refrigerant. So it's really good for healing um, dogs, temporarily putting them on pork to cool their body down. But I usually use herbs for that. And of course, when you're saying put them on pork, uh, you're talking about a fresh or raw diet when you're talking about these proteins. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So then diet. And then the third step would be now figuring out the herbs. Yes. Mm -hmm. And, and so this expectations is a, and healing is really important because people get confused. I'm sure you deal with this all the time. Like uh, it's, we're four days into it and it's not working. Right. You know, yeah. or things, th some things get a little worse before they get better. Always. Always. <laughs> and just, <laughs> especially uh, you know, when it's a tumor. I mean, I've seen more tumors explode and ooze and, fall off or, uh, you know, go through the stages where they're dying, the papillomas where they look like you actually burned them, they turn black yep. and fall off. And it's so funny. I never expected that people would complain about that. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, when you take them to the vet to go have it surgically removed, not only are you going to pay the $400 bill, you're going to put your dog under, which is not good for them. I'm sure they're going to give you all kinds of antibiotics and drugs afterwards. And they're not solving the problem. They're just chopping it off. So, you're going to watch the body get rid of a tumor and it is not pretty. It is disgusting. It's your dog is not in pain. So now I feel like we have to, we actually did. We did a video where we're like, this is how gross it looks. This is what happens. She's in no pain. This is what a tumor looks like dying. Um, but it's funny. I've had dogs where I think they know it's time and they'll go roll you know, like if it's on the back or something, they'll roll and make it pop, um, which is also pretty disgusting. But it's amazing to watch um, these animals' own bodies heal themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, when but people get really it. scared. They get scared. They you do. Know? They get scared. We're going to talk about some of um, your best successes and what you've seen when we come back after this break. It's a dog's life. We'll be back once we take our sponsors out for a short walk. Doc Rob, the concierge for better living. 
My guests say Razzie Berry. We're talking about nature, naturopathic medicine, as well as the concept of prevention and preventing disease. Empower people to live a naturopathic lifestyle. Get to know your body, understand its rhythms, remove toxins, and use natural alternatives whenever possible. 90 to 95% of cancers are due to environment and lifestyle risk factors. That's a huge number. That means that cancer is preventable. The Concierge for Better Living with Doc Rob. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with the bong The name of the game is Hemping, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint Business and cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Welcome to Cannabis Confidential. I'm your host, Dr. Dina. We've got David Faustino on the line. Bud Bundy from Married with Children. Did you feel nervous being a celebrity walking into a weed store? I don't remember at all being like, ooh, I'm scared someone's going to take my picture here. What are they going to say? Bud Bundy smokes Bud? I mean, come on. (laughs) (laughs) It wouldn't be a big shocker. Hey, this is David Faustino, and I'm on Cannabis Confidential with my girl, Dr. Dina, on CannabisRadio.com. Stop barking up the wrong tree. We're back with more of It's a Dog's Life with Angela Ardolino, only on Cannabis Radio. All right, we're back with Rita Hogan, our canine herbalist, and we're talking about, I mean, I want to know what people can do to get their dog to 20. Um, So it's so much information. You know, there's so many herbs. I concentrate on one, and then I'm really good with maybe five essential oils Um, And I'm constantly learning more, but I have nine dogs and all nine of them are different and they all have to eat something different and they all get different, um, you know, essential oils and herbs and everything because they all are different ages. They all have different problems. Um, And, you know, when you talk about that uh, baseline, you know, you can have a dog that's, you know, operating kind of in the middle and then it goes to being a hot or cold dog. And it could be a matter of months or a year where all of a sudden they were eating one thing and now they can't anymore or they can't tolerate. So it's something that you're always evolving. If someone is interested, more interested in learning or treating their dog, what are some suggestions um, of where they can go? Can they contact you? Um where do they learn more about it? Um, I do consults, so they could contact me through my website, canineherbalist.com. Um, I'm actually in the middle of writing two um, reference uh, monograph books uh, covering 50, year, 50 herbs apiece and really detailed uh, explanations on how to use them for uh, all the systems of the body that they have an affinity towards, Wonderful. but that probably won't be out for a couple of years. So I hear my, you. <laughs> uh, COVID has really, has really put a in my writing right now. Um, but, um, working on that, 
Um, I'm also coming out with a level one uh, canine herbalism course. That should be out by the end of the year. Wonderful. Um, they and can go to your site if they want to learn more about it. Yeah, it's no, there's nothing on there right now, but it will. Um, they can follow me. I have a, a Facebook group called Canine Herbalist. It's a private group. Um, I think I'm on it. I think you are. I am? Yeah, I think so. I'm not sure. I'm not <laughs> I'll sure. Make sure. I'll make sure I am. Yeah. Um, they, there's a really a great herb group. Um, I have a group of about 40 students right now that I'm training to be canine oh. herbalists. Not all of the people are in there to practice, but some of them are, and they uh, are members of that group. So they, they do a lot of answering things according oh, to what wonderful. them. So, but uh, if you Google dog herbalism in like Amazon, it'll come up. Uh, his book will come up. But do not um, buy your herbs on Amazon. Yeah, do not buy your herbs on Amazon. And I and I see that you have some tinctures that you've made already because I know a lot of people are, well, I believe in herbs. I believe in cannabis medicine, but gosh, I don't know how to use it. Can you just tell me which one to use or give me some products to choose from? And I see that you do have some tinctures and products that you have I already. Do. And yeah. that's Farm Dog Naturals? Uh, no, that's caninehermalist.com. Okay, can I know yeah, you're involved with farm dogs natural? Yeah, dogs? yeah. I, those okay. are my uh, products I formulated when I did rescue. Oh, very cool. So yours are on Canine Herbalist Shop. And so these are the herbs that they can purchase and then um, learn how to use? Yeah, I, I make most of those. Um, and then um, I also sell, sell some phytoembryonic therapies, which is plant stem cells. Very cool. Which is I would a whole love to learn about conversation. that. Yeah, yeah, the whole neat. conversation. Yeah, but I know yeah. most people are probably going to want to know if there's something specific um, about their dog that they can help, so they can contact you at um, Canine Herbalist and get a consult with you if they need to. Yeah, and I also have a, a function on that website called Ask the Herbalist, so you awesome. can you can click on that and just ask me any questions that you want. Well, thank you, Rita. I appreciate you spending the afternoon with us. Um, I wish I had another hour because I have so many questions. <laughs> um, I appreciate you coming on and stay safe. Oh, you too. Take care. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.